0: is the bloody disgusting podcast network it's not that scary but it seems like it worked on youtube clowns boils and ghouls lock your doors and strap yourselves in from los angeles california bloody disgusting presents the boo crew podcast horror news commentary reviews interviews and more with your hosts tim time leone d'antonio lauren and trevor shan austin wilkin and rachel tejada let's
1: go
2: Hey, I'm Leo. I'm Lauren.
1: I'm Trevor. And And we're the the Blue Blue Crow. Crow! Welcome to episode 78. Our guests, your guests, the incredibly charming, hilarious, and charismatic writer-director Justin Deck, along with the absolutely wonderful actor Elizabeth Lail, are here to talk about Justin's first feature-length horror film Countdown. If you're listening to this at time of release, in theaters everywhere, now.
2: Hear about the magic of creating palpable tension, the beautifully dark shots, the practical effects, and all star lineup, from the cast to their Story DP to working with the best creators in the business to bring this standout horror experience to life. Complete and total terror? There's an app for that. Hey, this
3: is Justin Deck.
2: And this is Elizabeth Lale.
3: You are counting down to your imminent death with another
0: episode of The Boo Crew.
4: Oh, I suppose you didn't read the user agreement before you downloaded Nice move.
0: The Boo Crew. The freshest cuts of new stuff. Yeah. Here's Sweet Screams.
4: This app. It's fake, obviously.
0: My
1: girlfriend said the same thing. It knew that app said she was gonna die. <laughs> Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio, he is an award-winning filmmaker, writer, and director. After completing his first short, Rolling, to critical acclaim, he gave us the popular comedy web series, Lazy Me. His creative voice is so refreshing, so ripe, with a fully developed signature style that simply makes his work stand out. You've likely been past some of his content that has gone viral. The hilarious riff on the Hollywood machine, Boats, or the wonderful Jennifer Lawrence's Coming that was featured on Short of the Week and Vimeo Staff Picks, made official selection of countless festivals over a number of years. She is an incredibly gifted actor who has this rare and magic ability about her to be able to ignite a script into a fire of heart and soul and really take an audience on a full journey into the furthest reaches of a character. She did this with her series debut on ABC's Once Upon a Time, bringing Princess Anna to life. Freeform's award-winning and highly underrated 80s camp-out horror throwback Dead of Summer and the show everybody cannot stop talking about. Sincerely, one of the most compelling thrillers in TV history, if you ask us. Starring as Guinevere Beck in Netflix's You. The film is Countdown in theaters everywhere now. Here to tell us all about it is writer-director Justin Deck and its star Elizabeth Lail. Yeah. Wow, that was an amazing introduction. Wow, well deserved, you guys. Are you kidding me? And we had the pleasure of seeing the film last night at the Arclight in Hollywood, and our minds were collectively blown. It was blown. amazing. <laughs> it
2: was seriously amazing. So fun, you guys.
1: Aw, you guys, that means so much. I'm so glad you liked it. And we didn't really know what to expect, but from scare one, like, what is this thing? This is unbelievable.
2: <laughs> it just sucks you in, like, so fast.
1: I want to ask, what was the experience for you guys to get to see? this in front of an audience.
2: I
4: screamed at the first scare, (laughs) like audibly screamed. It may have been the only person in the theater
2: to scream. No, I was Uh, screaming too. So
3: I never get tired of it. I love seeing it with an audience because I've seen it by myself in a dark room many, many times. Sure, right? (laughs) So I kind of get lost in the woods and then when I finally see it with a fresh group of people, I'm like,
2: oh yeah, that is kind
3: of scary. All right, it's it's still working. Cool, very cool.
2: So I wanted to talk about your guys' First experience With the horror genre If it was a movie A book A TV show How did you get Introduced to it Well <laughs> It's hard for me to say Because I don't know If the movies That terrified
4: me Classify as horror But I feel like Snow White Yeah It's terrifying And as a child That kind of like Haunted my <laughs> dreams And Fantasia those Snow White Snow White when, Wow When she turns into The old lady And gives her the apple oh, the and Apple. it's yeah. very dramatic it's yeah. true
1: a lot of those Disney fairy tales are a lot of They're people's dark. first exposure there's always
3: a dark there's dead parents half the time right um, almost always, always almost right? always I guess that kind of passes over us as we're kids we're just like look at the colors yeah
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> meanwhile there's this horrible parable <laughs> happening in front of us for me it was Jaws Jaws yes. was like the defining movie horror and just Otherwise, it's the whole reason I wanted to make movies. When I was a little kid, I begged my parents to let me watch it. And my mother was like, hell no. But my dad was like, it's okay. It's fine. It's all fake. It's fake, buddy, right? And as soon as the shark bit into Quint at the end he started spitting up blood I remember being a little kid and getting really nervous my dad said just catch up and I, I just I was hooked I wanted to know more literally from then on it was just movies 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 wow That's so
4: sweet of your dad
3: yeah he was uh, I think <laughs> I was kind of a good excuse to like yeah me and the boy are gonna go watch a movie yeah sure <laughs> so sure. I'm gonna watch whatever he's gonna watch
2: is that where the character Quinn comes from
3: there's a little bit of, Quint. Little bit of
2: Quint, Quint yeah, 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 the yeah the at the end yeah,
0: yeah Quint. Quint.
3: there's a few movie nods in there. I'm sure you guys caught for sure. There was a couple we were talking about. I heard 237 at one point. Very proud of seeing 237 next to the actual hospital. I got a selfie next to my head. Oh, that's (laughs) great. That's
2: That's great. so
1: awesome. I don't know if this is an intentional one, but Jordan's, uh, who plays Matt, his jacket is the same jacket as the main guy and it follows. I don't know if that was intentional, but I was like, if it is, that's genius. (laughs) Completely
3: (laughs) unintentional. Wow. 100%.
1: Good, I'll be the first person who uh, will spread that. I was wondering if you, as a filmmaker, have seen kind of a renaissance in the horror genre over the past maybe 10 years. Is there something that we've noticed? What's your take on that?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, The Conjuring ushered in a whole new level. Now you have the Marvel Universe and The Conjuring Universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, the word universe is born from those two giant franchise ideas. And I just feel like horror has become this new platform for these blockbuster films. I mean you look at the conjurings. And then even like the indie ones like Midsommar... and 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 it's it's taking or in a new direction too like it's just crazy how much it's come back in such a big way
1: do you think there's anything behind it is it more vessels to display that content for creators that's doing it is it something that's going on in the
3: world where we're craving this the world is a completely sane place right now right so <laughs> <laughs> that might have a tiny tiny part to do with it i think usually yeah when the world's in disarray people turn to these kind of fantasies and parables to learn from who knows but it's working at this moment
1: elizabeth as an actor you've selected a few projects now with a bit of suspense and a horror slant Mm -hmm. what are some of the creative freedoms that exist in those types of stories as a
4: performer well what's great is that and i realized this watching the movie last night is i get to play like so many different colors. There's day in the life Quinn and then there's romantic interests and relationships and then there's horror and suspense and just like pure fear so it allows like a really broad spectrum of story arc which ties right into character arc that I love so much.
1: It pushes the limits of everything, yeah. right? It's like the farthest you can go physically, the farthest you can go emotionally. Definitely. So and you don't
4: watch. actually know the truth of that moment. It, we're really just like the <laughs> trying to connect it to something real, but you don't know what you would do if all of a sudden there was like a massive demon in front of you. And that's always fun to explore because nobody really knows what the truth of that is. Justin,
1: tell us about formulating the script and getting this whole idea made into reality.
3: The whole thing started, I set a timer on my phone and I was just watching it tick down and I thought, what if that was ticking down when I was going to die? Totally normal thought. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the writer of me. And um, it just kind of branched off from there and I thought, you know, I'm going to make a short film about this as like a little proof of concept. And I did. I shot it over two nights in my apartment. And then my plan was to submit it to film festivals to see if I could get somebody to be interested in it. But I also sent it to our producers, Sean Anders and John Morris, who are old friends of mine. And they called me and they said, stop sending this to film festivals. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go make this into a movie. From there on, we just became this unit. And we started fleshing out the story and what it could be. And we went through so many variations. And we landed on film that you saw now. And once we had a script that we were all really proud of, we took it out. And at that point, we had an investor on board. But he wanted to make sure that it was going to get a distributor. After we had already gone out and pitched the whole thing, we were like, okay, we got to go out and pitch it again. So we went out and pitched it again, and we met with STX, and they just, they loved it. And they jumped on board, and we were like greenlit and ready to go right away. It's one of those things that I can't believe no one's made a movie about yet, right? You're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I know I just like summarized that. Like it was, oh, a super fast thing. It took two months. That was three years. Wow. The whole process. And wow. every single year, I would turn to everyone and be like, okay, any minute someone's going to make this movie, Yeah, we've got to speed this thing up. And luckily, nobody beat us to it. Talk to us a bit about the casting process.
1: I mean, the cast you've assembled is perfect. It's a really intimate cast.
3: Incredible cast. Yeah. I mean, this ensemble is amazing. And the first person, my only choice for <laughs> Quinn was Elizabeth. They tell you, like, don't get married to your only choice because they're going to have a scheduling conflict. Of or, course. You know? So we had a great Skype and then I didn't hear from you for like a month because behind true? the scenes they <laughs> were sounds negotiating. Sounds like a first
4: date. <laughs>
3: right? <laughs> it's like, I guess that wasn't a good date. But I, even in the Skype I was just like, oh my God, I just, you have so much heart and soul and that to me is the reason why this movie works. You just instantly care about Quinn. It just turned out the studio and the agents, all those people were negotiating and as soon as she said yes, we were off to the races. Once she said yes, I think that really set a tone for the caliber of talent that we were going to have in this movie and other great people followed. Tom Segura is actually a really funny one because we worked with him on Instant Family and I was on set with him and I just said, I have this horror movie I'm writing and you'd just be so good in it and he turned to me he's like, okay.
0: <laughs> like, wow. that's
3: awesome <laughs> I was like alright I don't think when I called him that he actually believed like months later yeah this is a real thing PJ <laughs> PJ was like Father John as oh a my role. god the best character amazing. ever amazing so hard to cast.
4: well it's reading it like as an actor I was like how are they gonna do this it could go like 10 different ways that character
3: and in extremes too mm-hmm. like you could be super silly or you could be too serious and pj just read it and got it he called me on a friday and we were in prep you know how pj is just, <laughs> he's just so positive and he's like I, I got it i got just i got it he
4: had it it was like watching a master class watching well, him work
3: i don't know if you know this but like wardrobe would come out to me and be like uh so uh pj wants to do uh, some tattoos Oh, the Uh, tattoos were great. That was a great addition. I was like, just let him do whatever. Yeah. Amazing. Like, that was all PJ. He had all these fantastic ideas about who Father John was. And Jordan Calloway yeah. came in, and we knew we wanted somebody really likable. And he's just such a likable guy. You just love him.
1: What about your reaction to the script when you saw it? And also, the chance to work with amazing set of creature practical effects, too, which is probably mm-hmm. one of the first times you really got to explore that world.
4: Definitely. When I first read it, it was just such a strong script. I could tell that Justin... I thought out everything 20 million times and it didn't feel like I was reading a script. It felt like I was in a story. And that's how, you know, you've picked up something really special. And the horror element scared me. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can like run around screaming or I wasn't sure what would be expected. But after talking to Justin, I was like this is going to be too much fun. It felt right. And I knew like his priorities were in a good place. You know, it wasn't horror for horror's sake. It does have heart and it has relationships and it has so much humor on top of it. And, and that's life. Life is all emotions at once. And this movie has that in spades. So I'm just really grateful to have been a part of it.
2: I know people probably ask this all the time, but I feel like I have to ask it. If you had this app, would you choose to download it and find out that information? Because I thought about that all last night. Even at 3 a.m. I was thinking about it. I
4: think it's going to happen. I think that one day they're going to make something where they measure your genetics, they measure your health, you know, like how insurance companies say you're most likely to live to 75 years old. I think it's a real possibility. My answer is no. A hard no.
3: Hard hell no. Absolutely not ignorance is bliss I just agree. let us enjoy our yep. lives whatever precious time we have <laughs> I
1: think they were talking about downloading the app at the beginning of the movie last night and I was too afraid to yeah, even I was do like, that no, no. <laughs> me
2: too <laughs> Yeah, really? I was I like I know it. it's not yeah. real but oh my gosh I don't want it on my phone And yeah.
3: exactly yeah I'm so paranoid about that stuff do you guys hear the story of how the app came about it's unbelievable I mean this <laughs> fan of the trailer he's a 21 year old kid from the UK loved it he's an app developer he made the app put it out there and overnight it was like viral it was just it caught steam it became the number one app
1: like it beat tiktok instagram youtube it's like, insane. like <laughs> the biggest app in the world telling me that
3: all their friends are downloading it at school and they're sharing it on tiktok and it's a thing and then apple took it down and then variety put out a story saying hey uh this app vanished and then but it's coming back to android and i think when apple heard it was coming to android they were like uh-uh <laughs> so they put it back <laughs> up and now we're, we're very close to number one again it's insane and i say we i mean the idea is it's still not ours. It's this brilliant Kid in the UK. And here we
1: are. It's insane. So, is that never part of the plan to go, hey, we can tie this to a viral app? It'd be
3: great marketing. We discussed it, but for some reason, marketing, they didn't want to go down that road. Wow. um, It's possible
4: they couldn't have done it as well as it happens if it happens naturally. Sure, right?
1: The social commentary that the movies kind of reflecting on us is coming to life with what happened. (laughs) Amazing. Right? It's insane. It's so great. Talk a little bit about the development of. Just that, the look and feel of how the app
3: activated in the movie, how it looked, how it sounded. That was such an evolution. In the short, it's a totally different design. And uh, I was kind of like, "Mm, I wasn't 100% married to it. I just thought it was cool. But then marketing made a poster very early on in prep that was the actual countdown app and they just wow. showed it to us and i was like oh yeah that's so clean and slick let's do that and then the sound was just a, an experiment because originally in the short there's a song called the purple people eater by Chev woolley yeah. that plays every time but it's a short and it works in the movie you can't have the purple people Eater <laughs> play every time we needed something that was like jarring that would grab you and we just experimented and landed on the sound that you hear and it's you know it's pavlov's law like the more you hear it, it just gets under your skin and it gets creepier and creepier and creepier.
1: We were shocked to see the amount of practical effects in this thing. (laughs) I mean, you're working with the best of the best on this and it definitely shows. There's demons in this and scares that bring to mind... Peter Jackson movies, mm-hmm. Sam Raimi films, huge
3: influencers of mine. So good. Screaming from the rooftops, practical, practical, practical from the very beginning. Like I just, I didn't want to, I am legend this. I love the first half of that movie. And then you see the creatures and they're these bendy, rubbery things. And it's just, takes me out I really really wanted practical and luckily because I've worked in the industry in different positions forever and I've met a lot of fantastic people and Howard Berger was one of those people and at the time I didn't know who he was and our mutual friend was like hey you're uh, for your horror movie you should talk to Howard he does makeup and I was like "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him sure why not <laughs> yeah turns out he's an academy award-winning right. magician <laughs> the idea was really simple that it was going to be a cloaked figure faceless. The shroud over its face, kind of like the Dementors, right? But no face at all, and much like Alien and Aliens, where you, you don't see eyes, it still sees you. So even though it's cloaked, it would look right at Elizabeth and know that she's there.
0: That creeped okay. me out. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we started there, and then we were looking at it, and we were like, I don't know, there's something missing. So first we pulled the mouth away, and we were looking at it, and we we're like, well, instead of just having like rips, you know, maybe it's been chewing on souls and for centuries and like teeth have kind of gnawed at the fabric and has this organic tear look and we looked at that we're like okay we like that and then we added the horns and we felt like you know the hood came first and the hoods grew out and pierced through the fabric and it sort of fused to it and it became that and then we were looking at it and we we're like something else is missing and Howard was like eyes I, so I, like, I don't see the eyes he made a mock-up and he showed me the eyes i was like yep eyes 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 are missing (laughs) let's put eyes on this guy and that was it and that was probably like three days out before filming before we finally landed there really
2: (laughs) did you guys keep anything from the production oh
3: i wish it's in stx archives
2: i have my bra (laughs) (laughs)
4: i always take my bras from set i'm surprised i'm surprised
1: that's part of the like wardrobe that they just wouldn't use their own as far as as underwear right they
4: they supply socks wow underwear
1: literally huh interesting i just learned something new
4: too (laughs) the the character you know you have to build it from
3: the ground up i guess huh that's amazing. You have a Quin bra.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I
2: do. Well, I think VIP fan auctions is having a countdown auction in December. December oh, really? 6th through 20th. And you can buy props from countdown.
3: You guys are going to sweep them, right? You're right. yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see what they got. Yeah. And
2: it's just in time for Christmas.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how honored we'd be if there was mixed in with this amazing collection. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Oh.
2: During the movie, I was like, oh, I want the, that. Shopping. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Wanted to talk about some of those, uh, <laughs> the modern day exorcist who we see in the <laughs> in the film, and this amazing lore that gives this sinister backstory of everything that we discover. Is any of that stuff true, or is that entirely world building that you love developed? that you're asking that yeah. question? <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: totally fake. It <laughs>
4: really, it feels true. It totally feels it true. Does
3: I think a crazy person would use a real demon? I was like, I have not <laughs> tested those <laughs> lines, so I. May made up the name, not to be too shallow, but I was watching Ozark at the time quite okay. a bit and yeah. I was like, oh, Zin? Nice! And,
4: <laughs> you and- know, someone asked me if we had any like scary experiences on set. Yeah. And I was like, no, the energy was so positive and like life affirming. And I was like, so if there was a bad energy, we like cast it out. But maybe that's a part of the reason is...
3: There was one scary thing. Was there? Ooh, you tell me.
4: I don't know. Remind me.
3: Okay, so there was a Friday that uh, <laughs> some crew member decided to use one of the set bathrooms and then on a Monday oh. we started filming oh. and we're like, what?
4: <laughs> what oh, is no. that smell? <laughs> that
3: smell? In the most emotional scene between you and Talitha in the hospital talking to each other. Oh, it smelled
4: oh, like no. fish. It smelled like oh. fish. <laughs> we were like, what's for lunch? Where's Look.
3: the fish? Craft. We found the fish. Oh, I. Uh, I, I Pretty (laughs) horrifying. Yeah. I forgot about that. A toilet trout. Someone
4: had to clean that up. I felt bad about that, too. Like, that's someone's job. (laughs) Terrible.
1: (laughs) One thing that is rampant in this film. We should have blessed the set. Right, exactly. (laughs) One thing that is rampant in this film is that tension. And when you see it with the audience, everyone who's going to be seeing it this weekend, it is a ride. And everybody around you sitting up in their seats with their feet on the seats and they're freaking out because you got the countdown. Timer, and you, you know something's going to happen. You don't know what it is or when it's going to happen. And the whole theater is just on this ride. When you're making something like this, what is the secret, Elizabeth, of keeping <laughs> that intensity up in scenes? Is, does it have to do with shooting in certain orders? Or
4: h- how do you just do that? You know, you have to have a lot of trust in your director to uh, yell at you if you're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, it's true. You know, it is the actor's job to really like track their story. And you want to know like where you're coming from, what's happened, what do you need in this scene? Like what are the stakes? But you're also, the great thing is, is you're surrounded by people who are doing the same thing. Like every crew member is doing that. And so we keep each other accountable. Like what is the truth? What is... Where are we at on this roller coaster?
1: And I was elated to know that you got Maxim Alexander as DP in this thing. The He's shots the are best. beautiful. We love Maxim so uh, much. Too. Annabelle, Creation, the Nun, Alexander Aja uses him with high tension, right? And most
3: recently, Crawl. Crawl, so fun. Maxim was like top of my list and everyone laughed at me because we were such a, I mean, I know we feel like kind of like a studio film, but we kind of, we're an indie film at heart and everyone was like, you, you're not going to get Maxim. So we sent out the script to him and lo and behold, we could not get Maxine. Then we had narrowed it down to a couple fantastic DPs and I had to make a decision on a Friday and I got a phone call that Maxine wanted to grab coffee with me. And I went and had coffee for like three hours and we just talked and talked barely about the movie, just about movies in general and our passion for them. And by the end of it, I mean, it was a handshake. We were... Done. He was on the movie. Unbelievable.
1: And so then lucky. you got two amazing composers. You got oh, yeah. Danny Benzi, and I I, forget, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Sander Urians. Talk about Ozark, right? Right. They all come <laughs> full they exactly. Did the music for Ozark. Oh and- wow! And Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah.
3: And too. Amazing. Insane. You know how to set a mood and keep the energy going and the emotion.
4: The music was incredible. incredible. That was the first thing I noticed. It really can make or break a film. I. How
3: think. great was it in the Arc Light too? Like, you yes, heard every so note.
4: Yeah. Ugh.
1: So many incredibly beautifully creepy shots. Do you guys have any
3: favorites? So many.
4: <laughs> I keep getting, like, the chills just thinking about it. I love that shot when Dylan is walking with his crutches and you can see the demon in the corner mirror. Oh, okay. oh, I love that. Yeah. It's kind of like the fisheye. Yes. Uh,
3: I love that. My, like, all-time favorite sequence is from Talitha hearing her phone ring all the way to... Her going under her bed like that whole
4: oh, with the, the
1: motion detector thing, thing. Yeah. and yes oh, it was, yeah.
3: came out you know when you plan things they don't always go exactly as you want them to and that one was like planned to a T and it, it felt so rewarding to see it come out that way and she played it so good
4: and you could feel in the audience last night everyone was like don't go under the bed oh <laughs> <Don't> yeah <go laughs> under the bed. this
3: movie has lots of those moments
1: <laughs> I
4: love <laughs> like, that that is not a safe space yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> there's one shot in particular stands out in my mind let's see without giving in a way, Elizabeth would be, I guess, in, in some sort of suspension, <laughs> and the whole world stops for a moment. Oh yeah, and it is beautiful.
3: It's a painting, that right. It is. Yeah. shafts of light and it's just- so awesome you said that too that your friend saw that shot and was just so moved
4: like Definitely, wow yeah. was
3: there
1: a trick to that shot
3: that's all practical
1: I wow mean. yeah oh my gosh you guys yeah it's
4: fun <laughs> it's fun to do too for yeah. me i like the baby stunts the, the baby, stunts. baby stunts. that's what Everybody. i call them you know because i do the baby version of the big stunt
3: sure <laughs> i mean it's every filmmaker's dream to have a toolkit playing with special effects and stunts and all the fun stuff we got to play with. So, I mean, that sequence in particular was just we did so much and it was such a good time filming that.
2: Was there anything that was hard to film that you didn't expect, like a certain scene that you guys had to yeah. do repeatedly?
3: God, yeah, the stairwell was my nightmare. Oh, <laughs> yeah. such a great scene too. <laughs> oh my uh, god, that's It was the shit so small, guys. It was like cut off the edge of this room here. It was like this with the whole crew and the camera in there on a jib. And like, we just, it was bananas. And we had already done so much that day and we were like ambitious. We're like, we'll just stick that at the end of the day. And we were in an abandoned hospital for that sequence. Oh, so so. you were. So you had, you were a victim to your surroundings, I guess. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, in order to get that height, too, we had to get all the gear up to the top floor. And it was just, it was wild. More intense than I expected, but luckily we got everything. Oh, my God. That turned out
2: amazing, though. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Well worth it.
3: Jaw dropping. (laughs) I think
1: it was that at that point. When I turned to like we both turned to each other and Steve was like, okay, oh, holy shit, this is fucking good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah,
1: this Can is going to be one of those in the movies.
3: Trailer. <laughs> holy yeah. shit, this is fucking good.
2: Yeah, cool. Right, exactly, exactly.
1: But it was one of those moments where you're like, this is more than just like the newest horror movie that's coming out this week. This is more than that. They're not messing around here.
2: And I love the humor in it, yes. too.
1: Again, it's rare to see that caliber of humor and something like this like the polarity of everything that going on in this is just like a magic concoction
3: i forget know? which filmmakers said it they were very smart though they said whenever you have tension in a movie find a way to release that valve and bring it back down so you can <laughs> build it again yeah. and humor and levity is just it's a really good key to that have everybody relax and everything's safe now and then bam get them again
1: i mean i'm hoping there's a sequel script in play do you have ideas for a sequel We got a few ideas. Every time
4: I see Justin, he pitches me like a new countdown (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. Right, right. (laughs) There's
3: always a software update, right? (laughs) We got titles all day, like, Countdown beta, the final countdown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And moving forward, there's something that we're really excited about too, Elizabeth, is that you've got a project called Unintended that is finally available for pre-order November 7th on Apple. And it's a special project that's been on the festival circuit for a while. And now a lot of people will be able to see it. I don't know if you can talk to us a little bit about what that is. Well,
4: that was my first feature film i had ever done. And that was like a little indie film that I did in upstate New York. And you know what I realized? as almost every character you play is dealing with trauma. Some kind of trauma. And even Quinn in Countdown is dealing with like the death of her mother. And unintended is really about that. It's it's dealing with childhood trauma that comes back to play and is you either like choose to live in fear and controlled by that or you find a way to break free it's really beautiful
1: we're excited to check that out yeah yeah that sounds great also I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about you okay because I know that's where Justin had discovered her work from watching you oh yeah Yeah. I was
3: watching it with uh, my wife and I turned her and said
1: well there's Quinn the stars aligned and you're able to do this movie is just phenomenal there's definite parallels with in the statements that you makes and the statements that Countdown makes mm-hmm. about technology and the way we incorporate it into our lives. And what is it that you feel resonated not only with that subject matter with you, but in your performance.
4: I like to hope that there were a lot of people who uh, related to Beck just as like a young woman figuring out how to live life and become an adult and navigate relationships and then deal with insecurity. You know, there are so many complexities about her that are just very true to life, very true to my life. And I'm hoping everyone else is (laughs) hoping it's not just me. And so I, I think that that was what was really important is is that she's not just like the girl in the movie she is like a fully fleshed out character we were very lucky to have a lot of women advocating for her in that show and you know it's really interesting in both shows there is like sexual harassment in you and in countdown themes even though it feels like it's you know the popular topic of the moment it's something that's been going on forever and every woman has been dealing with it, whether it was being shown on screen or not for most of their adult lives. So I think that's something else where you can kind of feel the whole audience in Countdown. You know,
3: they just. Like, oh, The moment he touches your shoulder. Right. Um, and that's all
4: that is, yeah. is a shoulder touch.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And then it, and hopefully it makes every you know, man in the room go, wow, like, yeah. I have that kind of power. There's that kind of fear inside of a lot of women. So I
2: think that's really important and and something that's resonating. I had read that 50% of the directors for you were female. Yes.
4: Five episodes were directed by women and five were directed by men. And there were some repeats on the men's side. That was fantastic. So awesome. Yeah, it to really have female it was directors. Would you ever want to direct? You know, I think so. It's hard for me to say that now because I feel like there's just so much more for me to get at in the acting world. you know, I'm always trying to go deeper and push myself further and further and challenge myself. You know, you never feel like you've completed it. so it would have to be the right project and I don't know. I really don't know, but I'm open because I want to make sure, you know, that that's not me unconsciously thinking that I'm not capable of doing that,
0: right. having that kind <clears> of
4: leadership <throat> position or creating something myself. So yeah, I'm open. Yeah. Talk to me in 10 years. <laughs>
0: Exciting stuff, guys.
1: All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much. And everybody, go and check out Countdown this weekend. Open now. Run. Go see it. It's, it's awesome. Amazing. It's amazing. Seriously. Seriously. Take our words for it. Thank you thank for you having guys. us. Hey, hey this no, all amazing
3: space. This is incredible. Hey, it's seriously an honor.
4: Have you ever done anything like this
2: before? No. But I've read about it. A lot. That was the Boo
1: Crew Podcast, Episode 78. Special thanks to our guests, Justin Deck and Elizabeth Lale. Follow them at JustDeck, that's J-U-S-T-D-E-C, and Elizaboon, E-L-I-Z-A-B-O-O-N, and at Countdown on Instagram. And see Countdown, if you're listening to this at time of release, in theaters everywhere now.
2: Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying, see you on the other side.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of The Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at Tales Crew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is it's a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly <laughs> full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy. For disturbing and terrifying pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.